Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment news on Bob Saget, Janet Jackson, Trey Songs, Jamie Lynn Spears, Betty White, and a whole lot more. Let's get started. Roll it. Yo, Shay.A.G. Up on the blog and I'm chilling up in NYC. Up on the train and the radio is all I need. In the views and celeb news, I let see. That's entertainment. Who became famous? Number one source of pop culture. Radio or not, we gon' chase it. That's entertainment. Save adolescents from the ghetto town of Vegas. Gotta make a change it. That's entertainment. Wednesdays afternoon at 1 p.m. So, baby, don't forget the tune. The bins is nice, the jazz is the better cruise. There is no car, I win cause you Playing the loose, smooth, just like that. Tammy Jones do it best, mom, just know that. Been blessed by the Lord once, wait on that. Blog radio, your speakers better be on max. Real facts, if it's whack, we don't speak on that. Just celebrity news, a news feed, and my melody tune. So Tammy, you back up me, I back up you. It's entertainment for your head, baby, just come through. She's on head now. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know more about it, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's story, I recommend you go to the chat room. The chat room is now open. And just put your comments in, and uh, if I have time, Throughout the show, I'll get to read it out loud live on the air. If you want to call in, be serious about it. No prank calls, no uh, rudeness, no uh, none of that here because, you know, we only have a one-hour show, and uh, we want you to be serious about it. Tell us what you think. The call-in number is 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. Also, like us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com slash entertainment. Radio. You can also follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain One. That's T H A T S Entertain and the number one. You, number one, and you can also follow me on uh, Twitter at Stiletto Fourteen, like the high heel shoe. That's S T I L E T T O and the number fourteen. You can also follow me on Instagram at T Jones Gibbs. That's T-J-O-N-E-S-G-I-B-B-S. Right now, the current temperature in the NY is a partly cloudy, 39 degrees. Before I get started with the show today, I want to give a shout-out to all my listeners out there here on the East Coast, the West Coast, the uh, central part of the United States, Europe, Asia, around the world. Thank you for hanging out with me on this Wednesday afternoon. So how has everyone been? Happy New Year. Welcome to the first show of 2022. Uh, we wasn't on the air live last week. Uh, we had a uh, – our last show was the year in review of 2021, all the stories and headlines that made 2021 the uh, most talked about year in entertainment. So if you wanted to check back that or check on that show, just go here on Blog Talk Radio, listen to back to the archives. It's also on our Facebook page and on Twitter where I post the show on um, the archives of the show. So uh, every year I always say that whenever there's a brand new year, 
it's the same kind of story. It's the it's old Hollywood, same old year, same new year, same old Hollywood. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about um, Bob Saget. You know, we just recently heard in the reports that he just died all of a sudden. Uh, they found him in his hotel room after he just did a uh, show the night prior. It was on a Saturday night, and he died the next day on Sunday. So we're going to um, this new details on what might have happened, uh, how he was in the hotel room, and things of that nature. We're also going to be talking about Janet Jackson. As you guys know, her documentary is going to be broadcasting, premiering on January 28th. It's going to be a two-night event. On it's going to be on Lifetime and A and E. And uh, she's going to be she, she's on the cover. She's going to be gracing the February cover of Allure magazine as well. So um, we're going to be talking about that. And she's also uh, talk about how in the magazine how she had pledged or she told herself that she was never going to discuss the infamous incident at the 2004 Super Bowl concert when uh, Justin Timberlake exposed her breast, but now she felt that this is the time for it to be told, so we're going to be talking about that. Also, uh, Trey Songs, um, another woman, has come forth accusing Trey Songs of rape. That's right, and uh, it's not looking good. Uh, this young lady uh, is a former basketball player with the University of Nevada. Uh, she uh, has just hired an attorney to represent her for this potential sexual assault case against Trey Songs. We're going to be talking about that. Also, Jamie Lynn Spears uh, has just uh, opened up. Uh, she was on Good Morning America this morning talking about her new book, called Things I Should Have Said, where she talked about her family, about the conservatorship, about her relationship with Brittany, how this whole incident went down and how it had affected her. Plus, you know, being that at the time this had went down, she was 17 years old. She was expecting a child. So she uh, she opened up about this information about this morning and about her book on Good Morning America this morning. And also we found out, uh, we know, last year, um, we after I had did my year-end review show, a couple of days after that, we just found out that Betty White had passed away. And uh, she lived to be 99 years old. As a matter of fact, her birthday is next week, actually. She would have been 100. But we found out that she suffered a stroke uh, before she passed. Because we heard the reports, we heard the news about how she just uh, passed away in her sleep, but according to a report uh, obtained by TMZ, she had suffered a stroke six days prior to her death. Unbelievable. And I always say, you know, we talk about Betty White and how she uh, lived this longevity of of such a amazing life doing her comedy doing her movies and being an advocate for animal rights and uh and a lot of people thought betty white was going to live forever because she had that that she was such a lively woman and she was just so funny and still working 
But when the pandemic hit, she stayed close to home, which made sense. But we do find out that she did pass away from, she had suffered from a stroke six days prior. Also, we're going to be talking about, we also, during the holiday break, we lost last week because we didn't have a show last week, uh, the death of the, we just lost Sydney Portier. Uh, And uh, this week we're going to be talking about how Oprah Winfrey is helping to keep his legacy alive. And also uh, we just found out this week that percussionist James M. Toomey, the pioneer of jazz and R&B, he has died. So just a lot of news to cover. So let's get started, and that's just a tip of the the iceberg. So let's get started. Uh, There's more details surrounding Bob Saget's unexpected death. It has surfaced as an uh, autopsy has been completed. And according to the coroner's office, the autopsy was performed on the late actor's body on Monday, which was January 10th. Uh, Orange and Ascola County's chief medical examiner, uh, Joshua Stephanie, said in a statement that at this time there was no evidence of drug use or foul play. The official cause of death, however, has not been revealed pending further studies and investigation, which may take up to, get this, 10 to 12 weeks to complete. According to a report released by the Orange County Sheriff's Department, Bob was found by hotel security on Sunday uh, sorry, Sunday afternoon, January 9th, after his family requested a wellness check because they had not been able to reach him. The staffer uh, knocked on Bob's door multiple times before going in around 4 p.m. Eastern time only to find all the lights were up. Upon entering the room, they found Bob deceased in a uh, supine position on his bed. Uh, The supine position means that he was lying horizontally with his face and torso facing up. TMZ additionally reported that the deputy notes in the dock that Bob was found with his left arm across his chest and his right arm on the bed. The staffer said that he was cold to the touch, and when they checked for signs of breathing or pulse, none was detected. And when EMS, when the, when EMS personnel arrived, Bob was pronounced dead on the scene. The room itself was orderly with items owned by Mr. Saget on the nightstand, the television stand, closet, and bathroom. Uh, that's what the report read, with the responding officer stating that no sign of trauma was seen. Medication was, uh, was present, according to the report, and it was noted that Bob's medical history is unknown. Police said that there was no drugs, no drugs were found, and the Ritz notes that Bob last entered the room at 2.17 a.m. Meanwhile, more tributes had poured in from fellow celebrities uh, uh, taken to his show on Monday night. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel choked up as he remembered the late actor. Uh, Jimmy emotionally said in his monologue, saying, quote, I have so many wonderful, kind, and supportive texts and emails and calls from Bob. He always had a compliment. He writes sometimes just to tell me he loved me, and I know he did that for many people. He has something funny to say about everything and nothing bad to say about anyone. Never. Lori Laughlin, who uh, starred alongside Bob on Full House and in the Netflix sequel, Fuller House, said in a statement to page six, said, quote, words cannot begin to express how devastated I am. Bob was more than my friend. He was my family. I would miss his kind heart and quick wit. 
thank you for a lifetime of wonderful memories and laughter. I love you, Bobby. Meanwhile, another Full House star, Jodie Sweeten, remember her TV dad. She posted a lengthy note on her Instagram page saying, quote, There aren't enough words to express what I'm feeling today, nor are they big enough to capture even a slice of who he was. One thing I do know is that we never miss a chance to tell each other I love you. Bob was a wonderful human being, a human being that could drive you nuts at times, and he knew it, but he was so genuine that you couldn't even get that frustrated. He was a genuinely kind spirit who made it through so much in his life and was most happy when he was helping others, whether it was personally or through some so many of his different avenues of philanthropy, he gave great hugs too, unquote. Again, Bob was found dead in his hotel room at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando, Florida on Sunday, January 10th. He was 65 years old. His southern pastor has left his wife, Kelly Rizzo, who dubbed him her whole heart and absolute everything, so completely shattered and in disbelief. May he rest in peace. Uh all of a sudden, um, you know, uh, we talked about Full House. We're going, still continuing about Bob Saget. We talked about his co-workers like Lori Laughlin and uh, uh, his TV daughter, uh, Jody Sweden. But another co-star of his who really took his death hard, and that was actor uh, John Stamos. And they had a 35-year friendship. And it's still, and and John Stamel is still reeling from the death of, of Bob Saget, and this is what he said, or well, this is what he actually wrote on his Instagram account on Tuesday yesterday. She, he said, "quote I'm not ready to accept that he's gone. I'm not going to say goodbye yet." This is what the 58-year-old actor, who's co-star on Full House as Jesse Kostopoulos, the brother of Danny. Sag, who, who was uh, who played uh, uh, Saget's uh, brother on the show? Uh, this is what he wrote on Instagram, and um, he said that he still is not coming to terms with his death. He still is thinking that Bob is still doing his road show, still doing his stand up. And again, Stamos and Saget, they co-starred on Full House for eight seasons in the late 80s and early 90s. And then they reunited for the series revival, Fuller House, in 2017. The show ran for five seasons following grown-up DJ Tanner, played by Candace Cameron Burry, as a widow mother, mother of three sons. Also, uh, actor Bob Saget, devastating family, spoke out Sunday night after news of the beloved entertainer's sudden death. They said, quote, we are devastated to confirm that our beloved Bob passed away today. That's what the family said in the statement. Uh, they say he was everything to us, and we want you to know how much he loved his fans, performing live and bringing people from all walks of life together with laughter, unquote. His wife, Kelly Rizzo, and their three daughters, Aubrey, Laura, and Jennifer, whom he shared with his ex-wife, Sherry Kramer, asked for privacy but said they understood the public's pain. Saget and Kramer were married from 1982 to 1997. He and Rizzo was wed in 2018. Saget again was found dead in his room at the Ritz-Carlton, Orlando, on Sunday, not long after a stand-up comedy set at the Ponte Vedra Concert Hall in Jacksonville. 
Uh, again, he was best known for the widow dad of three on Full House and as a host of America's Funniest Home Videos. His sitcom co-stars and others mourn him across social media. The beloved TV and real-life dad loved being a father both on and off screen, as he told People Magazine in 2016. And this is what he said. He said, they quote, they are the light of my life. This is what he said of his kids. I am, fortu- I am a fortunate man in that all three of my daughters are exceptional, very high, uh, very high beings, very smart people, very wonderful, and very brilliant, very beautiful. Right now we have 16 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to a, a, another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibb, where every Wednesday between 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern, I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you want to know more about the show and you are a registered listener here on Block Talk Radio, just uh, sign up. Uh, it's free. All you have to do is uh, give yourself a name, and you can you get reminders uh, when I broadcast live. And also, it gives you a chance to, uh, if this is your first time listening to the network, it gives you a chance not only to listen to my show, but other show here on uh, network, other shows here on the network as well. Uh, Janet Jackson is back on the scene, and she's gracing the February cover of Allure magazine. Um, since the five-time Grammy Award winner Pop Idol is the subject of an unfiltered two-night Lifetime A&E documentary, which is getting ready to premiere on January 28th, so it's kind of perfect timing. Although she pledged to never discuss the infamous incident at the 2004 Super Bowl when Justin Timberlake exposed her breasts after her public apology and and an Oprah Winfrey talk show interview, uh, Jackson does touch upon it for the wide-ranging profile. On February 1, 2004, the former NSYNC frontman Justin Timberlake ripped the bodice of uh, Jackson outfit, outfit which briefly exposed her breast to millions of viewers at the tail end of her Super Bowl halftime show. And I think that was Super Bowl 30, that was uh, Super Bowl 38. And as will and as this this documentary, which is uh, will chronicle, uh, it's 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 a helm, it's a documentary helmed by Ben Hirsch, and it will chronicle chronicle this whole incident that went down. And Jackson, as I was telling you at a, a later or earlier show last year, last year actually the last show of the year, I was telling you that Jackson was one who suffered the career hit while Timberlake emerged unscathed. Um, and this just goes to show you that this entire um, incident has been reconsidered as an example of systemic racism and white male privilege in the wake of movements such as hashtag team up, hashtag me too, and hashtag black lives matter. Uh, Timberlake, who shared the same management with Jackson at the time, apologized to Jackson last year as the hashtag free Britney movement reached a uh, its pivotal height. Uh, the Crimea River crooner dated Britney Spears from 1999 to 2002, and the couple had a nasty split. The entire Super Bowl scandal, dubbed Nipplegate, was the subject of the documentary Malfunction, the dressing down of Janet Jackson, which launched on Hulu in November. As for how she got through that difficult era, Jackson explained that 
saying, quote, what really important is going back to having that foundation, not just family but God. That's what really pulled me through. It's tough for me to talk about that time, unquote. Um, she also said that she's very fortunate to have very loyal and loving fan base, and she said that she thinks they will always accept her for who she is. Former University of Nevada Las Vegas basketball player Dylan Gonzalez has hired an attorney to represent her in a potential sexual assault case against Trey Songs, claiming that the musician raped her. Now, Gonzalez wrote in a statement on Tuesday saying, quote, with what seems like endlessly recurring news of the alleged sexual assault committed by Trey Songs, I am forced to repeatedly relive, relive in my mind and suffer anew the long-suppressed horror and unbearable PTSD of my rape by his very hands at a well-known Las Vegas hotel, unquote. Now, Gonzalez's statement comes after she tweeted on New Year's Eve that Songs, whose real name is Tremaine Neverson, was a rapist, but she did not give further details at the time. She is now working with attorney uh, George Valbeck as she decides what her legal options are. Now, according to reports, the alleged rape took back around around nine years ago. Now, Gonzalez's claim against song is separate from an alleged sexual assault case that the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police is currently investigating, stemming from an incident that occurred at the Cosmopolitan Hotel while the singer was celebrating his 37th birthday in early December. Now, Songs denied Gonzalez's claim in a statement through his team. They said, quote, Trey and his team are confident in the legal process and that there will be an abundance of exonerating information to come over the next few weeks. Now, Gonzalez is the second woman to come forward against songs in recent months. In December, Jahara Jeffries refiled a civil suit against the singer alleging that songs assaulted her at a Miami nightclub in the early hours of New Year's Day in 2018. Jeffrey claimed she met Songs at a New Year's Eve party held at Diddy's Miami mansion before they continued the night at a popular nightclub called Eleven. Now, Jeffries had previously used uh, sued songs under a Jane Doe pseudonym, but Jeffrey, who is in her late 20s, then decided to come forward with her real name. Her attorney, Ariel Mitchell, previously told the Daily Beast, saying, quote, she doesn't want to hide behind Jane Doe. She doesn't want to be ashamed of what happened to her. In a statement provided by the Daily Beast, Gonzalez's lawyer, um, said that uh, that they admire Dylan's courage and willing to stand up for herself and others. And like Jahara Jeffries, Dylan is no longer willing to suffer in silence and that they intend to pursue Dylan's claim relentlessly and to a successful conclusion. In November last year, the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department confirmed to people that they had received a report of a sexual assault incident alleged to have occurred at a hotel in the 3700 block of South Las Vegas Boulevard Boulevard, involving songs whose real name, again, is Tremaine Neverson. The person who made the complaint was not publicly named, and Gonzalez's attorney confirmed to people that her allegations are separate from that incident. In August of 2020, uh, no, in August of 2020, the singer was accused by a woman who publicly identified herself as Eliza, 
of allegedly urinating on her without her consent during an otherwise consensual sexual encounter. Song denied the allegation in a tweet calling Eliza accusation convenient for someone who seeks to destroy someone's life. In 2017, Kiki Palmer alleged that Song used sexual intimidation to make her appear in a music video of his, claiming that he secretly filmed her and put her in a music video against her wishes. A song appeared to address Palmer's allegation on Instagram. The singer wrote in part saying, quote, So sorry for those that believe everything without knowing anything. However, I cannot devote my life to responding to or clearing up every side of every story you hear about me. When would I actually live? I know my character. I know my truth. I know my heart. God does too. If you or someone you know has been sexually assaulted, please contact the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-HOPE. That's 1-800-656-4673 or go to RAINN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N.org. Right now we have here uh, 24 minutes uh, after the hour. Um, coming up, we're going to be uh, talking about uh, Jamie Lynn Spears. Uh, she just came out with a new book talking about the incident about Brittany, about her relationship, how it tore her family with this whole conservator shirt, and how she felt, and how her relationship with her sister had det- deteriorated. Also, in the next half hour, we found out that Betty White had died from a stroke six days prior to when she passed. Also, uh, Oprah Winfrey is trying to keep the legacy of Sidney Poitier alive. And uh, percussionist James M. Toomey, who we know from such hits as Juicy Fruit and uh, You, Me, and He, he has died at the age of 76. And even though the holiday is over, Mariah Carey is challenging her love for Christmas in her first children's book. All those stories and more coming up after the break, so don't go anywhere. Oh, oh, oh. I wake up every morning and I 
Right now we have 30 minutes left remaining in the show. That was new music from Mary J. Bly in Good Morning Gorgeous. Uh, right now we have here about 30 minutes left remaining in the show. Uh, before we went to the music break, I was telling you about uh, Jamie Lynn Spears says that she has always loved her sister Brittany and can't understand how they uh, how their relationship had deteriorated. Brittany's younger sister appeared Wednesday on Good Morning America talking her book, Things I Should Have Said About Her Family. Jamie Lynn says she's happy that the conservatorship ended, but bobbed and weaved when it came to how she felt about the conservatorship during the 13 years it was place, in place. She said that when the conservatorship was first put in place, she didn't understand it and it was dealing with other issues. Specifically, she was 17 and having a baby. But she said she understands as little about the conservatorship now as she did when it, uh, it was fired up, which is odd since the saga lasted so long. She said she took no part in the conservatorship during its entire run. Uh, from her vantage point, she said she was helping Brittany, and according to her, the help was welcome. She said Brittany asked her to make sure her two boys got what they needed. One thing she addressed squarely that Brittany commented to the court that everyone in the family, including Jamie Lynn, profited off of her uh, Brittany during the conservatorship. Jamie Lynn says she did not, and but then offered that they may have been a there may have been some kind of misunderstanding. Uh, Brittany has gone after Jamie Jamie Lynn for remixing some of her songs, but she said it was meant as a tribute, not a money move. She says she's happy that the conservatorship is over because it caused so much family discord. As for Brittany, well, she's she's intimate. She had uh, intimated in a post on Tuesday night saying, quote, two can play that game. 
as in writing a book. Jamie Lynn got tearful when she was asked about uh, how their relationship crashed and burned, saying she still loved her sister. Betty White died from a stroke, a stroke she suffered nearly a week before she passed. According to TMZ, uh, Betty caused a death is listed as a cerebrovascular accident. According to her death certificate, which is a loss of blood flow to part of the brain resulting in brain tissue damage. It's interesting that the certificate that was obtained by TMZ said that Betty suffered a stroke six days before her death. Now, sources with direct knowledge tell TMZ that Betty was alert and coherent after the stroke, and she died peacefully in her sleep at home. A cerebrovascular accident can be caused by a blood clot or broken blood vessels in the brain. Uh, TMZ broke the story, um, and Betty passed away at her home on the final morning of 2021, less than three weeks before she would have celebrated her 100th birthday. Betty's birthday, which is January 17th, will we'll still uh, see the debut of a movie honoring the milestone, uh, Betty White, 100 Years Young, a birthday celebration, and it features tons of stars, including Ryan Reynolds, Tina Fey, Robert Redford, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman, Jay Leno, Carol Burnett, Craig Ferguson, Jimmy Kimball, Valerie Bertinelli, James Corden, Wendy Malick, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Betty rarely left her home during the pandemic, passing the time by doing crossword puzzles, watching TV, and reading. Oprah Winfrey is helping to keep the legacy of Sidney Poitier alive. Following the Hollywood hitmaker's death on Thursday night at the age of 94, Apple reportedly has a documentary about him on deck with Winfrey's executive producing and Reginald Hudlin serving as director. The project, according to Variety, has been in production for more than a year. The yet-to-be titled film and Apple original film release will provide an in-depth examination of Poitier's life that include the participation of his family. In 1964, Portier became the first black man to win an Academy Award for Best Actor for his role in Lilies of the Field. His, uh, his other credits include 1967 groundbreaking film Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, in which he starred opposite Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. That same year, the Miami-born Bahamian portrayed his most successful character, Philadelphia detective Virgil Tibbs, working alongside a racist white Southern police chief played by Rod Steger in the crime drama In the Heat of the Night. It was a role Portier would reprise in two sequels. Another one of his beloved works in 1967, To Serve with Love, in which he played an inner-city teacher, Knighted by Queen Elizabeth in 1974, Portier was appointed Bahamas ambassador to Japan in 1997. In 2009, former President Barack Obama awarded the uh, Razor in the Sun star with the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2009. Winfrey, who had interviewed the star on her talk show, paid tribute on social media following his death this past Sunday. And over the weekend, the Winfrey-founded Basic Cable Channel owned replayed episodes of Portier programming she produced through, uh, through the years. A Broadway play from playwright Charles Randolph Wright and Tony Award-winning actor Ruben Santiago Hudson about Portier life was also recently announced. 
Percussionist James M. Toomey, renowned as, renowned as a pioneer on the jazz and R&B scene, has died at the age of 76. Known as a trailblazer, M. Toomey was comfortable in genres including alternative jazz, R&B, hip-hop, and film scoring, and used his artistry, art, artistry as a bridge between politics, culture, and art. His death Sunday came as a shock to the music world. No cause of death was given. He was remembered for the 1983 Juicy Fruit sample by the Notorious B.I.G. for his first official single, Juicy, in 1994. In 2018, he returned to Philadelphia, his hometown, to help celebrate the song's 35th anniversary. Born James Foreman in 1946, Mtumi was surrounded by music and musicians throughout his entire life. He attended Pasadena College on a swimming scholarship in 1966 and found himself drawn to civil rights. He joined the Black Power Movement and was given the Swahili surname Mtumi, which means messenger or prophet. He moved from California to New York City soon after and started playing at clubs in Greenwich Village where Miles Davis spotted him in 1971. M. Toomey toured with Davis for five years during which he learned from his mentor to keep pressing the boundaries of the music. Delighting in musical experimentation, as he said in a website biography, M. Toomey penned scores for films as well as his hit for artists from Phyllis Hyman to Teddy Pendergrass. He performed with numerous other jazz luminaries as well, including Duke Ellington, Lonnie Liston-Smith, Dizzy Gillespie, and Sonny Rowland. Uh, M. Toomey also went solo and teamed up with the late Reggie Lucas to create 1980 hit, including Never Knew Love Like This Before, which won Stephanie Mills a Grammy, and The Closer I Get to You, sung by Roberta Flack. And he also was the musical director for the hit 90s show, New York Undercover. So, and all the music, all the artists that was on this show, that was in the club scenes, that was in Toomey's work. Rest in peace. We're going to miss him. Mm. And even though the holiday season is over, Mariah Carey is challenging her love for Christmas into her first children's book. As of today, the All I Want for Christmas for You singer announced that her picture book, The Christmas Princess, will be published by Henry Holt Books for young readers in the fall of 2022. Co-written with uh, Michaela Angela Davis, her collaborated with uh, she collaborated with Carrie on her bestseller 2020 memoir, The Meaning of Mariah Carey. The book is illustrated by Fuji Takachi, and it features Little Mariah. Now, Carrie, who's now 52, she told People Magazine in an exclusive statement saying, quote, the Christmas princess springs from the same need as her memoir, The Meaning of Mariah Carey, to emancipate the little girl in her. Little Mariah represents my inner child, believing in her own vision. She represents all children, especially those who feel like outsiders or others striving to believe in themselves. It is for all children of all ages. It was empowered to transform my childhood turmoils into a modern classic fairy tale full of wonder and boundless hope. The Christmas princess followed little Mariah, who doesn't have much and doesn't want a lot. According to the book description, she only has one wish, a peaceful and joyous holiday season. Feeling outcast and alone, little Mariah sets off on a wintry, wondrous journey 
that's what the description says, and ultimately discovering the healing power of her voice to spread the spirit of Christmas at home and all around the world. The singer-songwriter opened up about her tumultuous childhood and the meaning of Mariah Carey, and despite her early hardships, Carey's incredible voice propelled her to superstardom. Carrie has become known as the Queen of Christmas. Her Christmas song, All I Want for Christmas is You, has remained a holiday staple since its release in 1994 and recently became diamond certified by the Recording Industry Association of America. The holiday is also treasured by uh, Carrie's children, Moroccan and Monroe, both who are twins and 10 years old, whom she shared with ex-husband Nick Cannon. The twins appeared in her music video for Carrie's new song, Fall in Love at Christmas, which dropped in November. The Christmas Princess will hit bookstores in the fall of 2022. And while um, audiences was delighted by Morgan Whaling's surprise appearance at the Grand Ole Opera last weekend, not a few were left upset. Uh, the Opry uh, had uh, drawn tons of criticism after the Grammy Award-winning winner made his return uh, to the show on Saturday night on January 8th, joining his uh, big, loud label mate, Ernest, for a duet of the new ballad, Flower Shop. Immediately after the uh, Opry uh, tweeted about Wayland's performance, it received some fierce backlash from the black community and its supporters, including country music star Jason Isbell. In a tweet that was posted on Sunday, the drive-by trucker member, member wrote, quote, last night, the uh, Opry, you had a chance, either upset one guy and his team or break the hearts of a legend of inspiring black country artists. You chose wrong, and I'm real sad for a lot of my friends today. Not surprised, though, just sad, unquote. The Black Opry, a group billing itself as a home for black artists and black fans of country, blues, folk, and Americana music, voiced its outcry over Whaling's performance. In an open letter written by the group's founder, Holly G., to Gina Kettner and Dan Rogers, a member of the Opry uh, leadership, she noted that on Friday the Opry celebrated the 55th anniversary of the late black country legend Charlie Pride's first uh, Grand Ole Opry's appearance. Uh, she said it felt like a slap in the face to see that they celebrating Charlie Pride only to pull the stunt 24 hours later. And she said, quote, you should know that our community is extremely disappointed, though many are not surprised. A stage that was once a dream destination for many black artists has now cremated itself as one of the many Nashville stages on which we know we are not respected. Wayland has refrained from taking the stage after a video resurfaced in February of 2021 of him using a racial slur with his friend on a drunken night out. He had apologized several times, but he's still banned from many music award shows. And despite the controversy, his music remained popular with his album sales, in fact, surging after the incident. He has announced plans to kick off a massive tour starting on February 3rd. The Foo Fighters are getting their own horror comedy movie called Studio 666. The first trailer showed the Dove the Dave Grohl uh, lead 
led rock band recording a new album in the Creepy Mansion when crazy stuff starts happening, including including, uh, cannibalism and music that the devil would approve of. Studio 666, also starring Jenna Ortega from Scream, Lil Forte, and Jeff Garland, it will be released in theaters on February 25th. Right now we have 16 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to take another music break, and I'll be back with the last remaining stories of the day, so don't go anywhere.
that was uh, the latest from Mario featuring Chris Brown and Get Back. Right now we have 12 minutes left remaining in the show. Uh, the first look at Kanye's West uh, documentary, Genia, a Kanye trilogy, is here for viewing pleasure. Unveiled on Monday, January 10th, the first teaser for the upcoming Netflix documentary shows a glimpse of Ye's journey to his current success. The clips opened with Kanye in New York in 2002, uh, where he was saying, Rhymefest right here. He goes on to say that he and his fellow rappers get into an argument over fest comments on him. Also featured in the teaser is footage of Kanye working on music and performing alongside other musicians, including Jay-Z and Pharrell Williams. The movie, which has been over 20 years in the making, chronicles Ye's formative days, trying to break out through his life today as a global recognized brand and enigmatic artist. It's also been revealed that Gia, a Kanye trilogy, will get a nationwide release in theaters from uh, the iconic event on February 10th. Genia, a Kanye trilogy, will also be available for streaming during a three-week global event beginning on February 16th on Netflix. And uh, Spider-Man No Way Home continues to prove that against all odds, a Marvel superhero film remains a box office staple. The movie has scored another feat as it's maintained its top spot in the North American box office for a four-straight week. The third solo Spider-Man film starring Tom Holland has bagged an estimated $33 million on its fourth weekend, bringing its total domestic gross to $668 million so far. It currently stands as the sixth-highest-grossing movie in history at the domestic box office, surpassing Titanic at $659 million and Jurassic World at $652 million. With a steady and solo performance, No Way Home is expected to take over the number five spot from Avengers Infinity War, uh, which they grow $668, no, $668 million, and Black Panther $700 million in no time. Globally, the Sony Picture Film has amassed a massive $1.53 billion across the international market, making it the eighth highest grossing movie worldwide. It has surpassed The Avengers, Fur- uh, Furious 7, Frozen 2, and Avenger Age of Ultron. And the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science is bringing back its annual ceremony to normal. After going without a host for the last three years, the 2022 Academy Awards will be overseen by one person. Now, um, the president of Hulu Original and ABC Entertainment, Craig Erwish, said during ABC portion of the Television Critic Association virtual press tour on Tuesday, said that you heard it first. He said that the Academy has not announced who will be the host yet, but according to The Hollywood Reporter, Tom Holland has been asked about the gig. The Academy has reportedly reached out to the British actor after he expressed interest in hosting the Oscars. The 25-year-old star who recently reprised his role as Peter Parker in Sony Marvel Spider-Man No Way Home said in a December interview with The Hollywood Reporter that he would be open to hosting the Academy Awards in the future if his schedule allows. The last time the Oscars was held with a host uh, was in 2018 with Jimmy Kimball taking the duty for the second year in a row after hosting the 2017 ceremony. Kevin Hart was tapped to host the 2019 show, but he stepped down within days of being booked after he was engulfed in a controversy regarding his past homophobic tweets. 
2022 Academy Awards is scheduled to take place on March 27 and air on ABC. And uh, the 2022 uh, Golden Globe Awards continue to be a big night. Um, some of the winners was Succession. Uh, they follow a uh, they won in the category of uh, oh they 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 um, they won in that category of uh, I guess best in television. Uh, they beat out Lupin, The Morning Show. Pose and the Global Sensation Squid Games. Um, the also the other another winner on television for that night was the Underground Railroad, winning one of the top honors at the Golden Globe Awards. The video, video uh, the Amazon Prime video series, which tells a story about a trip of Cora, um, where she was seeking. True Freedom, While Being Hunted by Notorious Slave Catchers, won Best Limited Series, and for Best Television Motion Picture category. Um, so we, um, I only, I didn't get all of the winners, but I can tell you for the, the best at television, uh, Secession was one of the big ones at that event, winning three trophies in total, Hack and Ted Lasso, follow up with two victories each, and Hack brought home the award for Best television series, musical or comedy, and best television series for Gene Smart. And as for Ted Lasso, the award-winning Apple TV comedy was honored with the best television series, musical, or comedy title, and the award for best performance by an actor in the television series, musical, or comedy for its star and creator, Jason Sudeikis. And uh, the the story of uh, Barris Gray has yet to be over. Grey's Anatomy has been renewed for a 19th season, and ABC announced that the decision on Monday, January 10th, that Ellen Pompeo reportedly has also closed the deal to reprise her role as Meredith in the upcoming season of the long-running medical drama. Not only Ellen, executive producer and showrunner Krista Vernoff will also return for the new season. And according to a press release, the new season will explore the ever-expanding world of modern medicine through the eyes of beloved returning and new characters. As for the creator, Shonda Rhimes, she shared, saying, quote, I couldn't be more excited than we get to keep telling the stories of Merith, Bailey, Richard, and all the other doctors at Gray Sloan Memorial for another season. Oh, that's great. Jason Derulo has been released from police custody. The savage love hitmaker has been seen in public for the first time after he got into a fight with two hecklers who mistakenly called him Usher. In photos surfacing online, the talk dirty crooner could be seen making his way to a car in a parking garage in a gym center in Los Angeles. Uh, his gym outing arrived after Jason was handcuffed by police following a massive brawl with two hecklers at the Araya Resort and Casino, and on January 4th, he threw fists at the men after one of them called him Usher. Uh, The said person could also be heard shouting, F you, bruh, at the musician. Now, in the video of the incident, Jason could be seen attacking the heckler while coming off the escalator. Uh, It was unclear whether the men really thought Jason was Usher or was making a wisecrack about the two music star resemblance. 
However, the the, uh, insult seemed to set Jason off as he was quick to hop over a security rope and punch the man, forcing bodyguards and several other people in the area to try to intervene. The clip also saw the singer attacking another man and tussling with him on the ground as more people tried to tear them apart. Upon learning of the nasty fight, several fans defended Jason over the decision to punch the person trolling him. Wow. And the possibility of the cancellation of the Super Bowl halftime show will affect Dr. Dre financially. It was unveiled that the nothing but a G thing rapper could lose millions of dollars if the highly anticipated show is scrapped due to rising COVID-19 cases and the Omicron variant's concern. TMZ reported on Thursday, January 6th, that the 56-year-old has put up most of the money to fund the big event himself. And although he has uh, event cancellation insurance in case things go south, it won't cover uh, COVID-related stoppage. On the reason why COVID-19 is listed as a provision called the communicable disease exemption, it means that the insurance policy will not cover Dr. Dre possible losses. However, the Super Bowl halftime show will likely still go on as planned. The NFL reportedly is considered replacement venues for the game, while Dallas AT&T Stadium was named as one of the options. An NFL spokesperson made it clear that the Super Bowl will take place in Los Angeles. The Pepsi Super Bowl uh, 50, no, 61 halftime show is slated to be held on February 13th at Los Angeles SoFi uh, so Stadium. And aside from Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Bly, and Kendrick Lamar will headline the show. And uh, also, um, uh, fans seemingly will do anything uh, to see their idols better at concerts. A man was arrested on Saturday night, January 8th, for causing ruckus by making a false bomb threat to jump line at Doja Cat's free concert in Indianapolis, Indiana. According to the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department, the incident took place in the security line for the AT&T Playoff Playlist Live at Monument Circle. Nearby witnesses reportedly told the authorities that the man claimed to others that he had a bomb or explosive in his backpack. However, the IMPD quickly confirmed that the backpack was clean. The man is currently in custody, and due to the incident, the concert, which also featured performance by band AJR, was slightly delayed but managed to continue as planned following the arrest. After the incident, the IMPD took to his official Twitter account to issue a statement regarding the situation. They said that they had arrested the man who was trying to get through the security line for the playoff playlist live, and nearby witnesses told police that the individual said he had explosives on him and that they searched his bag and they did not find explosives. And prior to this, some consequences shared the chaotic scene on social media, and representatives for Doja Cat has yet to comment on the situation. Well, that's going to do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we uh, do it all over again. You've been listening to Zass Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Have a great week. Stay safe. Happy New Year. And we'll talk the next time around. Take care.